Season 2 is in full swing, you all, so we hope you enjoy. Just for reference, we recorded this well before Christmas, so we do reference Christmas a little bit in here, uh, but now you see how I like to plan well ahead. So, I uh, hope you all enjoy. This is Truth. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Uh, So sit back, relax, and um, be ready to be uncomfortable. (laughs) With me today is... uh, That sounds inviting. Yeah. (laughs) With me today is uh, Pastor Matt. He is the uh, pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing wonderful, man. We just finished a a wonderful worship service, so I'm kind of bouncing off the wall here. That was a great music set and a great start to a christmas series so praise the lord yeah absolutely absolutely and uh for our first uh seasonal first second season we have a special guest with us i think i might regret this but i'm actually going to ask you to introduce our special guest oh wow all right yeah this is good so i'm very excited to have uh, uh a very uh godly woman here with us today to help us consider the role of the wife and uh, I can speak for her character and her understanding of that uh, God-given role and her uh, faithfulness to it because it's my wife so I'm thankful to have my best friend and partner in ministry and my wife here to help buddy and I think through this role of uh, the biblical role of a godly woman so praise the lord yeah can you tell us her name oh <laughs> sorry, sorry i'm so mesmerized by her beauty i i, I lose track of words it's, it's so, okay it's yeah, okay so um and the listeners can't see that so they, right. they won't be distracted like i am but right. uh, her name is amy we've been married uh oh man almost 25 years and uh yep uh it's we got four kids and a glorious marriage that uh she is learning me all the way through. So <laughs> I've learned, I've learned a lot from her. Welcome to the show, Amy. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you for being Thank here. You, Matt. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've seen the title already. We're talking about marriage and we're continuing our discussion. So this is how I'm going to set this whole thing up for you all to talk. And I'm going to rely on you all because you all the ones have been doing the the counseling a lot so this is how it is so we have a couple and their names are brian and betty okay i I just pulled those names out of nowhere there you go so brian and betty are in there uh for counseling Mm -hmm. uh what would be kind of the the way or the, the 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 track that you all would take them uh with them looking to get married and yeah uh so and and this is going to be two scenario a couple of scenarios with that so the first one is that they are engaged to be married yeah so how would that look what would that all look like yeah so that would uh it would it would begin with a meeting with me personally first mm-hmm. and so i say that because amy and i do uh premarital counseling and that's not family counseling or marriage counseling, but premarital counseling with an engaged couple uh, or a couple that's thinking about uh, getting engaged, getting married. We often will do that together um, as we walk through the biblical uh, reality of what a godly marriage looks like. So we'll do that together, which has been so encouraging on so many levels, uh, especially for um, the couples we counsel as they get to not only hear 
uh, from both of us, um, but they get to see a godly marriage modeled for them in this in this way, and that's been great. We provide an example of what we're saying we seek to live, not perfectly at all, but definitely humbly, and uh, we seek to be faithful to that, and I think it's helpful, especially for the ladies to often be able to talk with Amy and form that relationship with her, and oftentimes she becomes a mentor out of that, and which is, again, uh, Titus 2 happening right before your eyes, and that's what we seek to be. And so, so it would begin first, though, with a meeting with me personally as pastor and seek to figure out, are they ready for that? Are they uh, following God's Word even individually right now? Are they prepared for engagement or marriage? Uh, maybe this shouldn't be. Maybe one's a believer, one's not. And so there's an, there's an ungodly situation, church church discipline or counseling that needs to be dealt with. Uh, maybe they're living in, you know, fornication or sin or, you know, something going on. So I try to figure that out first before we say, yeah, we'll do this, you know, and try to deal with that. And then, but if things are, you know, uh, normal and right and they're really considering marriage and, and have demonstrated that they're you know, ready at least as a surface, then we'll start. Uh, we'll start a series of premarital counseling with them. Um, oftentimes, in that initial meeting, I give them some things to read mm-hmm. that I really like. That very good, thought-provoking on whether or not they should even be engaged. And here are some points of theological and life compatibility that you need to have even before you get engaged. And so I'll have them read that, and then they'll come back, and we'll interact with it. And that just really is a doorway for me to kind of figure out where they are spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to ask person questions. It's another thing when they have to articulate the Lordship of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right, and how that impacts their dating relationship. Now you know where they're really at. Right, right. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I believe Jesus is Lord. And then you're like, okay, explain how that now impacts your dating life. Uh, yeah, so you then you can really deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But all that being equal, all that being done, when we start premarital counseling, it always begins uh, with a series on um, uh, w- the glory of God and a God-honoring marriage and how marriage is ultimately for the glory of God. And so it all begins with, uh, and all is driven by God-honoring. That's kind of the phrase that goes throughout all the lessons we teach. So uh, we want to have a marriage that honors God, and that's a marriage that is all driven by His glory, not our pleasure. And so that it starts there, and we spend time talking about that and how the design of marriage, the designer of marriage, the difficulty of marriage because of sin and Genesis 3. And so we work through all of that, and then, of course, the glory of marriage being the glory of Christ. And, and then we get into really what matters most after that foundation is laid, and that is the role of husband. That comes first for multiple reasons, and we spend time there. And then we get into role of wife because... Once you establish the foundation and the focus of marriage, which is God's glory, then you get into the practicality of how you do that. How do I bring God glory in my marriage? Well, if I'm a a husband, it's by loving my wife as Christ loved the church, fulfilling my role, Mm because God is really clear. It's not not ambiguous or or, uh, confusing. He says marriage is this, and marriage should be lived out this way. There's no gray area. It's really clear. So uh, we explain that. Um, the purpose, God's glory, and then we explain the plan, which is a uh, husband's role to lead his wife in love like Christ, and the wife's role is to be a submissive helpmate who serves. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the concise 
condensed version of what Ephesians 5 teaches for the role of wife and husband, husband, wife, husband leads, wife supports, Mm -hmm. right? And they work together in compatibility, not in competition, Mm -hmm. right? So Amy's not trying to take my job and I'm not trying to take hers. Mm -hmm. She's helping me fulfill mine Mm -hmm. because that's God's design. And I'm helping her fulfill hers and being a husband that is, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, easy to submit to and serve, right? Mm-hmm. And so we help one another in this symbiotic relationship of fulfilling our role so that God can be glorified, right? Right. And so it's not a race. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a uh, marathon together. We're not against each other. We're helping each other. And that's God's design. That's the beauty of marriage, that mm-hmm. I get to do this with somebody in large part, sadly, because I'm a man, I need help. Mm-hmm. Amy doesn't, but I do. And again, that's God's design, right? She, she doesn't need help, but I do, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, she needs a leader, and that's why she has a husband, and that's what a husband is. So the husband helps the wife because she needs a leader, a protector, a provider, and the wife needs a, a helper because he's got issues. And Genesis, the husband needs a helper. Yeah, yeah, husband yeah. needs a helper, mm-hmm. right? And he's got issues, and that's what Genesis shows, right? Mm-hmm. He's incomplete without her, and mm-hmm. uh, so... Um, that's not always a positive. That's the truth. Men need to swallow their pride and say, yeah, I need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, God is gracious to provide that. So so that's the, and then we go into more than that. We right. go into communication, finances, and even the reality of, of the marriage bed and all of that. But, but those three are the most important because mm-hmm. it's the purpose of marriage and the plan of marriage by way of husband and wife roles. That's where the wheels always come off the cart. And that's where the problems in marriage generally are. And then you have financial problems, you have communication problems, but they are often nothing more than the fruit of role reversal or role denial, mm-hmm. meaning wife not doing what she's supposed to do, husband not doing what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Does that so make sense? It makes perfect sense. Now, as far as the roles are concerned, uh, last season we actually talked mm-hmm. a lot about the, the man's role mm-hmm. in that. But now that we have uh, your wife here, mm-hmm. I, I really want Amy to really go into uh, the aspects of what the woman's role would be in that marriage, how you would have that conversation with that uh, young lady. Her first name is Georgia, by the way. So it's, I thought it was Betty. It, it's Georgia Betty. So oh. it's Brian <laughs> and Georgia, just so you all will understand, you know, like who we're talking to. So, right. yeah, so this kind of already, you've, you've, you're doing this now with right. another couple. Uh, that's that's close to to them, but Brian and Georgia. I got it. People, I got it. You, I got. Okay. I know exactly what you're. I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like like a couple we know that sounds like that. Maybe it's similar. Maybe S- like similar. a Ryan and a uh, and a uh, uh, Gianna. Georgiana. Yeah, yeah. Georgiana or Gianna. Yeah, there you go. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. I got it. I got it now. So so how what would that look like, Amy? <laughs> so when we first start talking about the role of the wife, it's just to. Um, first look at it as everything that God has given us is a high calling in which he has called us to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's really looking at it as um, a step in obedience towards Mm -hmm. him first to honor him. And as most young couples going into marriage or any couple going into marriage, when they're preparing, they want to know what that looks like and how to do it well, um, especially when they are believers. And so their goal is to honor God, like Matt was saying. 
So we start off with just by looking at the reality of, okay, so what does it look like to be a wife? And yet scripture has given us some clear things on what a wife should look like, how she should function within the home. Mm -hmm. And as Matt was saying in Genesis 2, we see that the woman was created to be a helper. And so we look at that aspect of being the helpmate to a husband, someone coming alongside of. And even though it doesn't specifically talk about submission there, Mm -hmm. we get the idea that anybody who is helping Mm -hmm. is in a supportive kind of role. Mm -hmm. And the importance of that, that it was clearly ordained by God for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes the confusion that comes along with submission is just that reality of we think of it as like, oh, a punishment that must have come Mm -hmm. after the fall when Mm -hmm. God was giving out the curses on the earth and the different (laughs) things like that. So submission must have come after that. But clearly Genesis 2, she was already in a supportive role. And so seeing it rightly in that way is important because it elevates it as something that she was called to do even before sin was an issue that they were dealing with. I can imagine the emails from that statement right there. (laughs) But you know what? It's exactly right. I've never seen it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is really good. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. So, I mean, everybody always sort of waits to, like, hear the submission word because you know it's coming out of a biblical context, Mm -hmm. and yet it's so prickly and offensive and mostly because it's been defined by human terms and um you know man we stray and have our own mm-hmm. ideas and get things twisted and satan has used that in the home and family to really sort of downplay the the roles of marriage and can you know cause friction in mm-hmm. that and so really helping women understand what submission is, that it's not an inferiority type thing. Um, There's a lot to understand and define what it isn't so that you can understand what it is better. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a punishment. It's not a belittlement. It's not that you are, um, we were all created equal by God. We just have different roles. Mm -hmm. And most people can understand that in a lot of different contexts, such as life, right? Mm -hmm. In our world that we live in, Mm -hmm. we have a president and authority over us, someone Mm -hmm. over us, and we all have our place in which we fit underneath that. And it's important for things to run smoothly. And we understand that in a workplace, we understand that there is a boss. And regardless of whether you like that person, or not, when they ask you to do something, you submit to what you're being asked to do. Mm-hmm. It's when it comes more personal right. and it becomes like you wife, because it mm-hmm. starts to like point at you specifically, we get a little defensive about that and don't always like to hear it clearly what's being said. I think of First Peter when, because that's the context of First Peter too, because Peter writes in the manner of our submission to authority as far as a leader, like mm-hmm. the emperor there, right. and then in the workplace or a slave master at that kind of context, but we could put it in a workplace kind of context. And then it's like, and then you, wife, mm-hmm. submit to your husband in a way that is honoring 
And so it, it sort of all of a sudden puts the mirror right in front of you right. and has to, you have to deal with it. But um, understanding submission biblically is really an elevating kind of thing mm-hmm. and not a belittling kind of thing because there's an importance in the role of submission within the home. Wow. That's really good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I, it's, I don't know what to say after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, like, I really don't. Yeah. It's, uh, I told you I was blessed, man, but, um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, the reality of, uh, what Amy's talking about is straight up out of scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, she nailed it when she said that when you go back to Genesis, where, where it all is grounded in the creation order, Adam was commanded, uh, by God and established by God as the leader Right, because he is given the duty before Eve even comes along of tending and caring for the garden, uh, Genesis two fifteen. Mm-hmm. He names the animals, he even names her, which is all a sign of leadership, right, and uh, and and fulfilling of that role, mm-hmm. right, where that's his job. And yet, in the midst of that, as he's as he's naming the animals, tending for the garden, and doing all that God has called him to do, it's obvious that he needs help. Hence, then the woman is created. She's created for a purpose. And the purpose wasn't to tend the garden, so to speak, though they do that together, right? Because that's that's her job in helping him. Her job ultimately was to care for him, help him, support him. And uh, that sounds so negative, but that's exactly what we see in Genesis. That's what God. That's why God created her, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and that is exactly what what Paul says in First Corinthians eleven where the woman was created for man. Mm-hmm. And so many people hear that and think, oh, that sounds so chauvinistic, so so uh, pat- patriarchal. And it's like, no, that's God's plan. Like, that's her role, right? I'm a pastor, and my job is to preach the word, right? That's what I do because that's God's plan. That's God's role. And so, so it, it's so crystal clear in Scripture um, as, always, as it always is, and yet it's so confusing for so many people because, as Amy said, they've twisted it. But what 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 God establishes in Genesis gets fleshed out through the rest of Scripture. Jesus declared it. Paul teaches on it. I mean, it's it's just it's undeniable, and it's and it's not confusing, and and it's not hard. In that, what God calls us to do is not hard. It's just difficult because our hearts are so hard mm-hmm. because we don't like it, yeah. and we and he, and and uh, we've talked a lot about this in different ways. The issue for men and women. Because we all submit to somebody, mm-hmm. ultimately to Christ. I've always said the uh, the gospel in one word is submission, mm-hmm. right? You come into the kingdom of God submitting, right? Mm-hmm. You do not accept the gospel without submission. You have to. That's the call of the gospel, renounce all and follow Christ. What is that? That's the fruit of submission. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's what 1 Corinthians 11 says, Christ submits to the Father. There's equality within the Trinity, right? There's total equality. I just preached on it this morning, right? Essence between the Father and the Son, identical. Yet yet there's clear economic or functional subordination between the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. The Father has the authority and sends the Son. The Son comes. Why? Mm-hmm. Why didn't the Father come? Because it's the son's role to go die for his people. It's the father's role to have the authority and plan it out, right? And so you see that in 1 Corinthians 11 literally says that. As a wife submits to her husband, so the husband submits to Christ, so Christ submits to God. You see, just it's just like boom, boom, boom. Because mm-hmm. God's plan from Genesis all throughout Scripture, all throughout history, all throughout eternity will always be that simple clear um 
format, authority and submission. And that's what Amy was alluding to. There's always authority and there's always submission. But when you get those roles reversed or completely eradicated, where everybody's equal, again, everybody's equal by essence, but economically, functionally, everybody's not equal by way of roles. Everybody has a role, like she said, the president, or or it's very uh, often used in military, right? There's got to be mm-hmm. a general, and the private's not the general, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but they're both equal by way of their worth. Nobody's saying that, mm-hmm. right? General's worth no more than the private by way of his image of God and what, who he is as a human, mm-hmm. but by way of his role, the general has a far more worth by way of his role. He's got a lot to do, and the private helps him, and uh, and and he needs that help. If he's going to be a good general, he's got to have a good private under him. And uh, so so the Bible's clear, authority and submission. However, in the first lesson, so you asked me about premarital, in the first lesson we teach, we go over this, and ev- Amy will tell you, every time I teach this, every time, or if I teach it in a conference, as I've done many times, the response is always, always the same. People, jaws drop, and everybody's eyes are bugged out, and they're like, I have never seen that before. Like it just blown away. And what it is. I concur. Yes. And what it is, is in Genesis chapter three, the fall, the fall of man, the sin enters the world through a failed marriage. It is through the doorway of Eve, not fulfilling the role that God gave her and Adam failing at the role that God gave him, that Satan is able to deceive them, trick them and walk them into the doorways of sin. And that reality has not stopped. It has continued. But it's not only continued in the home and in the marriage, it's continued in the world. Satan's greatest ploy is to reverse roles, to upset God's plan of authority and submission. And we're watching it happen in the church with all these women uh, elders and preachers and pastors, which is that's a total role reversal. And every time Satan is allowed to do that, it brings havoc, confusion, disappointment, discouragement, disaster. So uh, on the Truth Talks podcast on the second season, we have said some very uh, what some people would consider controversial <laughs> things uh, in in less than uh, twenty minutes. Well, so the Bible is very controversial. The, the Bible is very controversial, it, and I I'd said this in the beginning, and I really meant it. Be prepared to to be uncomfortable. Um, and the reason why I said that is not because I'm uncomfortable because I am, uh, with some things in scripture, um, because it's convicting, uh, because it's life changing, uh, but also because it's not what you will hear everywhere. Yeah. It's not, you know, a lot of people will want to teach different things in this, to be honest with you. Um, when it comes down to the fall, that was when I would, I was, my understanding was, uh, you know, that is where God's punishment was dealt out. We have to work as men because of that. You know, we were that sin or women have to submit because of that. But, you know, as you pointed out, back up a little bit to to actual scripture and it says something different. Well, the curse, if we're going to get into that, right? The curse for the man is that's where I'm going. His work is now hard. Gotcha. He sweats, his toil, his leadership is more difficult, even leading his wife. Mm-hmm. And for the wife, the curse is she wants to now lead her husband. Mm-hmm. She wants to rule over him. Mm-hmm. She wants to take over, right? right, as part of the curse. So, yeah, absolutely. So that, yeah, but not the idea of submission and and leading and working. That was a joy, like Amy said earlier, it's a holy calling from the Lord from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And women need, men need to see that leadership is a holy calling given by God and supporting your husband in that 
is a holy calling before the Lord, and it's and it brings joy. Mm-hmm. So I want to switch gears just slightly uh, with the time that we have, and ask you both this question: um, as far as the uh, the new couple, uh, uh, Brian and Georgia, Georgiana, um, Georgiana, yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as this new couple, they get married, uh, then they're back because you all have established that relationship. Um, what would be kind of like an issue that you have come across a lot that you, you know, would have to address, uh, in this. And, and we've talked about those things just now, like where, uh, even the fall of man was from a failed marriage. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you all feel like you, uh, have to like kind of tune up on, on that, mm-hmm. uh, in that marriage? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times just with the, um, influence and the things from with outside the church like or from outside of scripture so the things of the world like um the movies we watch the shows we watch the books we read the even the ideas that we create in our minds of what marriage should look like Mm -hmm. um kind of like those false realities that aren't always true and falling prey um, to them bringing unrealistic expectations into a marriage mm-hmm. um, oftentimes are are really what you're dealing with, like unrealistic expectations that obviously can't be met by either person for which whatever the reason might be. Um, the other thing then is like for women personally is having just being on guard and defense because even from within like a a zone that we would consider safe, like a Christian circle, Mm -hmm. we are having the influences of feminism and um, just that, uh, the influence that comes from that saying that women can be in authority and leadership within the church, or can they? So we're getting conflicting messages even coming from within side circles that we would consider to be safe zones. So that then spills over into our interpretations and other roles inside of marriage as well mm, okay. mostly confusion and unmet expectations yeah and that, that she she hits a big one because she knows it's reality like especially sometimes um even in an early marriage and sometimes from both sides but especially a, a young wife will have such an un uh, an unrealistic or better yet an unbiblical view of her husband like she's he's the hero or he's everything to her uh for various reasons and it's different for each one but she has this view of him to where his role is to satisfy her like to be her to be her all in all right and of course it doesn't take too long in marriage where a wife realizes, yeah, he he's not my all in all. Mm-hmm. He's not going to meet all my needs. Right. Uh, I, I make that really clear at the beginning. I've tried to drive that. He is not Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He's a representation of Christ in the sense of he leads you to Christ. That's his role to point you to Christ, mm-hmm. right? He's to be that reflection of Christ, but he's not Christ. You need Christ. Like You need to follow Christ. He needs to be your all in all, not your husband. And that comes up more than you realize right and where we we see that where wives are so fixated on the husband and when in reality they need to be fixated on christ and all of a sudden their husband looks a lot better Mm -hmm. because they're not going to their husband for the things that only christ can provide Mm -hmm. this has been a an amazing podcast here uh i'm gonna have to listen to this a whole (laughs) lot more 
over and over again because this was really good information. Um, what we're going to do now is break here and uh, I will definitely uh, cover the questions of the folks that are listening. If you have any questions, feel free. You know, I'm not scared to ask anybody any questions and uh, hopefully I can. We know that. Yeah. And hopefully I can get uh, the both of them back in here uh, uh, despite their schedule uh, to get this recorded. Thank you all very much for listening. And now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a problem. We are all sinners. But God, being rich in mercy, sent his one and only son to pay the ransom for our sin, Jesus Christ, the perfect one who died in our place that we might have life. If we repent and turn away from our sin and turn to Christ in faith in him alone, we can have the gift of salvation. Thank you for tuning in today. Please subscribe to the podcast and send in your questions to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.